for this one, we can just cover um, anything else that you might have missed. There's a couple stories that I know that um, that uh, people have asked for. So, well, well, we, uh, well. one of them was uh, John asked for the story of how you got your 38 revolver. Oh, yeah, yeah that's interesting. And then another one was um, <clears throat> your mom punching someone in the nose. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. And then I think I think that was. Uh, she was an angry woman. Yeah. So whenever whenever you're ready. <clears throat> who 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 alerted you to that? Mom. Oh, she remembered me talking about it. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a funny answer. It was actually at at. Um, um, Gil and Nadine Zigman's wedding. That was Bert, Bert Zigman's parents. <coughs> Gil and Nadine Zigman, and uh, <laughs> that was funny. She had. Um, it, it was always a. It was always a contention about money, Josh. Um, they always figured they got cheated out of something, and and she met. The, she. Um, approached the woman, <coughs> confronted the woman who whose husband she thought would cause of, of this, and they went word to word, and this woman was quite a bit bigger than my mother, and she, how she did it, she ended up grabbing her around the neck and, and, <laughs> and giving, her, giving her this, and it took two men to, to try to pull her, <coughs> pull her off of that. Oh, she was... She was uh, she was a feisty little gal. Uh, too bad you never met, or did you ever meet her? No, I just yeah. I vaguely remember going to her house and cleaning it up. And oh, and and in the in Venice. <coughs> in Venice. <coughs> yeah, uh, it it was kind of humorous because she didn't make friends in there when she moved in there. She had she did things that the neighborhood didn't like, and so when. When um, uh, Grandma and uh, Darren and I worked in there for over a month, thirty-five days, cleaning that place up and stuff, nobody ever came to talk to us. <laughs> they they realized that we were related to Grandma, and they didn't want anything to do with us. Yeah, she had she had ways that would antagonize people, and and I don't know whether she enjoyed doing that, you know. But she had a she had a verbal that meant and nobody wanted to to confront her verbally, but that was the only time I saw her in a physical uh, confrontation. But but uh, oh yeah, my mother boy, you didn't <laughs> nobody nobody <clears throat> nobody wanted to say anything wrong to her. <clears throat> Oh, the part of the pistol was kind of funny. Um, I, I was in a fraternity, and, and uh, one of the fraternity, um, he might not even have been a fraternity brother, he might have been a pledge. And he came to me, and he had a date, and uh, did I go over this on tape? I talked to you about it, I guess. I think, yeah, it was just, <coughs> we, didn't, we didn't catch it on tape. Oh. And he said, uh, boy, I, I don't have any money, and I've got this date, but I've got this pistol 
would you be interested in it? And I, you know, I, I nonchalantly said, yeah, sure, how much you want for it? And he said, $10. And I thought, ooh, that was, it was a 38 police special, which you, you, you've you seen it. It's, it's around. And um, so I took it, and uh, the kid had his date, and and uh, we, we talked about, you know, it was just a, you know, it was just a date night. Uh, I don't know, I guess his, his father wouldn't, his father was a dentist, you know, they had money, but, but uh, I guess his father wouldn't give him any money, he probably didn't want him to go out on a date. So anyway, uh, I helped him out that way, whether it was good or bad, I don't know. But it, it was good for me because I got, had a pistol that I never had before, uh, I didn't even have pistols, and so uh, <clears throat> it, was, it was kind of a, a memorable memorabilia for me, you know, for back in the day when when kids were, were dating and didn't have enough money to go on a date. <clears throat> but <clears throat> this was back in 1952, and I'm wondering, $10 in 1950, I, was, I guess you could do a lot with $10, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I I was thinking about uh, last night, thinking about the trips <clears throat> Grandma and I took, and I and I thought it should it should be recorded. Um, the <clears throat> be, previous to uh, us taking our our own trip, we were we were traveling with the church conference because I was on the board of directors for three years, which meant I had to go to the conference. And uh, then after that, uh, following that, I was on the nominating committee for three years. So there were six years that I was required to attend the church. And they were all over the nation. The, the West, uh, most of them were in the Midwest to the East. Uh, west was called from Colorado to the coast was West. You know, so uh, we, had a, we had a conference in... in uh, Seattle, Washington, which we didn't attend. We were someplace else. And then we had a conference in Greeley, Colorado, right around the corner from you, and and we drove to that and had a mini vacation that way. And then there was um, some other, the other the other conferences were uh, Midwest, like Minnesota, uh, or, uh, yeah, Twin Cities in Minnesota, or in Massachusetts, you know, places like that, which uh, we attended. But then when we got doing that, we got interested in traveling. Then. And so 2011, Grandma and I decided to take a, a good trip. And my birthday was on a Friday, uh, May 20th, and we had a party. And then uh, Saturday, May 21st, uh, Grandma and I set out, Fran and I set out to uh, go down to Lois's and stay for a couple of nights before we left. And uh, we went there and, and went to church with him on Sunday. And then Monday we had breakfast and we headed on. We went to, um, from from uh, Beaumont, we went to uh, Las Vegas, but we knew we didn't want to stay in Las Vegas. So we, we stayed in the Oh, this little area east of Las Vegas was kind of like it was a little higher and you could overlook, uh, but it was out of Las Vegas. You know, it was like was Fort like Henderson. Yes, Henderson. We stayed there, 
and it was beautiful because you could see the whole Las Vegas with not being in it. You know, we we didn't want to we didn't want to be associated with. It. That was very. By that time, 2011, it was already getting beyond R-rated. It was X-rated. And uh, so then we left, uh, had tire trouble, and had to get uh, tire worked on before we left Vegas. And then Fran had a sorority sister who lived in Utah, and they were only, I think, could be from 50 to 100 miles north of Vegas, and we stopped in. They weren't home, so we kept going. And then we ended up uh, uh, going up... Uh, hmm. What what interstate was that? Out of Vegas. 15? No. Yeah. So we had an on up until we got to uh, um, not Salt Lake, but we started heading east at, uh, well, I can't think of the town, but anyway, we got to to uh, uh, part of Colorado that some friends we had from uh, here, uh, they had moved over there and bought a little place and and we uh, before we got there the gentleman had uh, he was driving somewhere and and a car drifted over and and hit him head on and and he was in the hospital for a week and finally they had a had a uh, pull all the plugs so we never got to see him uh, we just we didn't even see the wife we just talked to him and then we headed on east got up the mountains and we're heading to your place and uh, we got into uh, there was there wasn't any snow of course it was already by that time it was in in June so we're maybe there was, was snow. That, the, that was the rainstorm was that the year of the rainstorm group we went down to a place that doesn't exist anymore white fence farm in mm. denver mm. it was like an old old style country style almost like a cracker barrel but really big and it had it was like on a farm and there was chickens and oh and peacocks and all we that. went there with you and took took your took brooke your in-laws too oh yeah and i think took yeah we all there. went that's right and then when we came back because we were driving with you, or we were riding with you. Mm -hmm. When we came back, we had a flash flood. Yes, I remember that. I remember that now. Boy, what a oh that that was that was, it rained so hard the windshield wiper wouldn't even take it away. Brooke was in the front with me because she would get car sick, and you and Grandma were in the back seat, and Grandma was scared to death and she wanted me to pull over and I said this could last a while and we're sitting here doing nothing at least we're moving we're probably going 20 miles an hour I don't remember but that's right that was a scary thing wow that was probably the most rain I'd been in anyway that we had when we got to up to Vail and and we didn't I don't think we stopped there or whether the timing was such that we'd had lunch or even, but our our intent was to get to your place, and I remember 
when we got to, before we got to Highway 25, I called Aaron and said, we were right at near 5 o'clock, and I said, is there some way we can get to, he was staying with somebody in, what what little area was that? They the lived on, pardon me? Aaron? I thought he was, or maybe they were, there was something going on there, and we were, we were, Darren, Aaron said, you, you were invited to come to this place, but he said, there is no direct route, you know, except 25, and I thought, oh boy, I'm not, I, I don't handle traffic real good, so we got on 25, and boy, it was, I thought I was in L.A., but anyway, we got to that place, I remember, and you had dinner, and you, you and Brooke, and it came over, and, uh, hmm, what was that place? Anyway, it was out. I know it wasn't in in town. It was kind of like out in an, in an area. And um, then we went uh, we went back with you, and then we got the motel, and and you guys went home. Two thousand eleven. Where were you? You weren't married then. Yeah, were maybe, maybe two thousand eleven wasn't the flashlight. Maybe that was two thousand twelve. It could have been. It could have been. I think the flash flood, now that I'm thinking back, is we'd gone up to Estes Park, and I think that was on, on the way back. Maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah. and because that's why Brooke was in the front, because cause oh, that's right. yeah. we, we, both, we both would get car sync. Of course, driving, I couldn't, but we had been to Estes Park, and I think spent the day, and, and I remember the weather was clear and so nice, and all of a sudden... That was down in in. Uh, in Windsor. Pardon me. I think it was in Windsor. You were on Highway Thirty Four. Um, going east, and then all of a sudden the rain started. Yeah, Thirty Four went up to Estes Park. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and and we weren't we weren't even that far from Twenty Five. I don't think, but but um, what was that little town we were through when it really, anyway. Um, Loveland, maybe. Yeah, that could have been. Yeah. But anyway, we that that yeah that was the next year, and we there again was our destination was you. We always had the, it was always nice to have a, a destination to go to. I don't know how many times we stayed in a motel in Windsor. We were there more than two or three times. I know. Because yeah. I remember going out to. Dinner with you guys at Guadalajara more than one time, and um, so we left. Uh, we left you and and started heading east. Um, our our pastor's wife had. They were originally from Minnesota, and they she had kind of mapped out our area to get to to Minnesota. They they farmed in. The, I mean, their families farmed in the southwest corner of Minnesota, so that was our destination. So we got, we eventually got there and uh, spent a week with them, and then uh, headed on east. We were gone for eleven weeks, and we put twelve thousand miles on the car. Which car was this? Uh, that was the MKT. The, the Lincoln, it was, boy, it was the easiest 
traveling car. Well, you know, um, I remember you talking about your car, how you, your space, you know, and it would, we didn't even know it was, we didn't read the instruction booklet, but we were driving one time up to Don and Sloan had a condominium, uh, had a timeshare in, in T Lake Tahoe, and we were driving up there and on the freeway, and all of a sudden my car slows down, and I couldn't figure what well, looked, and I didn't take my foot off the, you know, what the, you know, because no other car did that, and and that that link that uh, MKT had everything that they were ahead of the time, really, uh, and cars came out, you know, like it did the automatic parallel parking, and and the other cars, other. Uh, Factories hadn't gotten that yet. Next year, you know, they did, but it had so many features in that car, you know. And, and every time something would happen, I'd tell Grandma, "Look in the book and see why this is going on," you know. And you'd, uh, uh, it, it, it would, it, it was the first car we had that the lights would, would change according to, you know, and and I'd, I'd say, "What the lights are? Look in the book, see why, you know," and. It made it made us familiarize with the car while we're driving, but uh, anyway, uh, we had we had a nice time with with our our pastor's uh, family and his and his wife's family in in Minnesota, and they took us all around to the you know whatever the high spots were there, and so we headed on east and and we. we we kind of duplicated the the tra travel almost like my parents and us did in 1947. We almost went to the same places and did the same things, except we didn't go to any uh, uh, big league baseball games. But um, uh, we had we had time. We had uh, before this uh, leaving. You know, we'd gone through Yellowstone and. And it ended up in our travels that we ended up going to Yellowstone about five times, and we we uh, we entered the Yellowstone at every entrance they had, <laughs> and we, and uh, so our trip, uh, like I said, lasted eleven weeks. So so people used to criticize us because they said, "Why in the world do you wait so long?" To, you know, I was 81 and Graham was 79, and and I I said, well, the reason was is I I never could have taken that much time, you know, until till Darren was able to to take over everything uh, while we were gone. So that was the that was the reason that you started traveling. Yeah, yeah, we did. We traveled that year, and and the the next year we. We traveled, um, I think, five weeks and 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 uh, five thousand miles, and we always managed to come over to Windsor, uh, and that time was a short trip. And then um, in in 2013, we we had never done the coastal trip, so we did that, and uh, that took uh, I think we did seven thousand miles on that trip, and. Uh, we were more than five weeks. I remember one of the highlights of that trip was we were in in um, uh, Washington and we were 
in a, a, um, the farming country, and we were staying in a motel, and then we were walking in the in the park the next morning, and got a call from your mother, from Denise, and she said, um, uh, we want to know how many boxes do we take at the farmer's market, and I thought, wow, this was only July, you know, I, we hadn't anticipated starting that soon, and I said, oh, I, I don't even know, you know, look on last year's records, and so your dad was ready to start, and he did start, and so I think it took three weeks before we got got home, and so we got home and said, uh, we're here, we're ready to take over, and they said, uh, your, uh, Denise said, no, you're, you're not taking over anymore, and I said, what? And she says, no, you're through, and I thought, wow, you know, so, okay, we accepted that, and then uh, your, your family had this trip at, uh, to uh, co the coast of Oregon, what was that? That was 2013. That would have been yeah. our first year anniversary. Yeah, and so you, you, you all your family met at this um, beach house. Yeah, what was that? Brookings Beach House. Brook, yes. And so uh, um, uh, she, she said, uh, "Can you take our for three markets? Can you take our place?" And we said, "Oh, sure." You know, I mean, we've done this for twenty some years. And we, we did the market. It was a Wednesday and a Saturday and a and another Wednesday market. So the first market we 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 did and and and, and this was always Grandma's ba friend's baby because she started it and she loved it. And we're driving home and she looked at me and she said, "Did you enjoy today?" And I says, "Not at all." And she says, "I guess Denise was right. We're through." And so we did the other two markets, and then well, we really realized that we weren't we weren't into the farmers market anymore. So your dad did it for I don't know how many years, and then finally he had to get a job, and then he, uh, Den Denise took over, and I th I guess it was the time about the time that they adopted Nathan, and 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 she was able to take him along. To, so she wasn't alone at the markets, but um, what made you get into, or do you remember when you first started farmers markets? Well, you know, um, uh, I, I have to go back. We had we had that ten acres of, uh, uh, and actually, Denine and Steve uh, took it over. We took the vines out. It had a, a, a Italian muscat, which was a seeded grape, and we used to ship it to. LA and uh, well, maybe two to three hundred boxes a day and, and that's not much but for seeding grapes it was pretty good so every day we, you know we would ship and then all of a sudden it kept our orders kept getting less and less and and finally it got down to where it was only 50 boxes and I said wow it's costing us more to to, to get them down there than we're even make so we we quit and then uh, grandma said let me try to take them downtown. Uh, it wasn't a farmer's market, but it was a, they call it a free market, and that everybody, people there would just buy stuff and sell it, you know, and we we only uh, sold our own stuff. So she she took the Italian Muscats and Thompson, and um, oh, she did really well on it. So then finally, <laughs> she, 
the next year she said, I'm not going to the market anymore with two grapes. I have to have more. So that's how we start planting uh, different varieties. And then uh, uh, your Bruce started the, the Blackstone and Shaw market and that was certified so we had a certify so he could sell there and uh, then the the state uh, farmers market association had a representative came and talked to us and said you know uh, we don't want you to sell at this market as cert as a certified and we said boy if we weren't selling here we would you know we were making pretty good money down there and she said, um, "No, was this, the, was this the Blackstone and Shaw market?" No, that Bruce was taking that one, but we were selling downtown and at the flea market. Flea market, yeah. It they, they, it it hadn't been going on for years and years, and the lady that ran the market, her father actually started it back in the twenties, and. Uh, and I remember as a youngster, we used to go to that and, and everybody would go to, uh, they didn't have supermarkets in those days, so everybody really went to these. And uh, so we we finally resigned. It, it, it came to a head when um, somebody came from Armenia and came up to the the people that owned the, run the market and said, We'd like to. I need. To, I need some money to go back to Armenia. Uh, could I sell here? And they let him sell. And uh, uh, she said to me, "Could you move over and give Sam a little room?" You know. And boy, this really boiled me. And I said, uh, "Oh, don't worry. Uh, next, uh, next, whatever. I think it was Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday." I says, "Next Tuesday." I says. You won't have to worry. Sam is going to have all the room he needs because we're never coming back. And she never even said, oh, we're sorry. You know, she just said, okay. So that's where we, we then we started in certified farmer's markets from then on. What was, what, what was the reason why you chose the varieties that you did? Well, I knew we would, uh, we had the seeded variety and, and it was, uh, Italian Muscat was probably the most popular seeded variety. And so we had that covered. And then we, we got another seeded variety, which was Red Globe. And this was, this was a favorite for Orientals. And when we sold at, at the, uh, we eventually got into Merced markets, we, uh, we were supplying a, uh, uh, a, a, uh, um, uh, uh, oh, what do you call it? Like a market? Something? Yeah, it was a, you know, a little f a stand, uh, and, and it was bigger than a stand. They had quite a, quite a market there, and they would have buses come through there, and a lot of them had Orientals on them, and boy, they loved, and we sold more Red Globner than we sold Thompson's. They just loved them, and in fact, <laughs> some of them wanted the know if they could get some cuttings and take them back to Japan uh, and and I said no you couldn't you couldn't carry them on a, anyway uh, uh, that's how that that variety came about and and then the others the, we we know knew we needed a, a, a we had the white seedless we knew we needed a red seedless and we needed a black seedless 
and that's all we needed, you know. So we started with those. We we uh, we took uh, we planted an acre of Italias out here, and that's all we needed. And we only had an acre of each variety. That's all we needed for the market. And so uh, we started with that when they started producing. Just uh, I, I guess maybe only three years we were starting to take those to the market and and uh, boy they, they went over big and we got into um, uh, Merced uh, started the market in 1988 and uh, San Luis Obispo had probably the most popular farmers market around in our area and so they went a group of them went over and found out what they were doing and they replicated it here at Merced and so we started with them that first year and uh, it, it it turned out to be a pretty successful move and uh, they'd have other grape growers that would come in but they wouldn't last and because they didn't have the 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 um, Variety, you know, they'd have one or two varieties, and and they couldn't compete against us. So, and then eventually it got to where the market managers wouldn't let any other grape growers come in except us, and so uh, we were thankful for that. And and it, and there were years when the raisin market was bad that we really needed the farmers market, and and there came a time when uh, I said to to a friend, I says, you know, we're losing money on, on the ranch and we have to get more farmers markets to, so we can have for our, our, our personal expenses. And so then we, we only had, um, we were doing Clovis and Hanford and two markets in Merced at that time. So then we, we started branching out and we went over to, uh, to um, Paso Robles and signed up with their association and we got two markets over there. We'd do it Tuesday and Wednesday. And then uh, we picked up uh, Chachilla, um, Mariposa. Uh, actually, Bruce started Mariposa, but it, it was fell into with us when he went, had to do other things. And um, Corsco and Los Banas and we, we had we ended up having thirteen markets and we were busy, you know, really busy. But but we needed it, and it it helped us keep keep you know everything going. So um, uh, we 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 stayed with those those markets in Merced, and Denise is still doing those markets in Merced, and and have, having success, she took over the Hanford market. And also the, well, Bruce did first. He took over the Hanford market and the Clovis market, and, and we did the little ones. And uh, uh, it turned out Clovis, Clovis turned out to be the top money maker, and so he did very well. When Bruce started taking over the market, we were, we were selling. And of course, Bruce was a super salesman. We were just, we would just handle the product, and. Uh, we would make, of course, a hundred percent of our our sales, and then Bruce took over, and he, they they gave us sixty five percent of the sales, and they kept thirty five. Well, we were making more money at sixty five percent than we did when we had the whole thing, 
and we, we were so happy because Bruce really, he really sold well. And then there came a time when the market manager called me and said, uh, uh, Bruce was very aggressive, very aggressive, and, and not our style, and, and Denise doesn't do that either. But she, uh, she called me and she says, you know, the, the other vendors at the market are, are not happy with Bruce. And I said, oh, and she said, yeah, his, he's too aggressive, you know, and he, he's, he's um, uh, turning off some of the customers. And oh, and I guess she thought I was going to tell him, you know, well, I, I didn't say anything to Bruce, but, but uh, yeah, then finally his, his sales started going down to where uh, the people weren't coming around anymore. And... Uh, but Bruce, Bruce was a salesman. He did. He really did well. And uh, but evidently in those little markets, they didn't, they didn't like the the, the type of selling he did. So uh, eventually, it got down to where he he saw he wasn't doing enough. So he 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 quit, and then Denise took over. Can you remember an especially bad year for farming raisins? And what were the circumstances surrounding that? Oh golly, in 1985, it it was so bad that that um, you know if if um, we had to keep everything going, but but you know when you're you're losing money for two or three years in a row and it doesn't look look promising you're you're wanting to think about doing something else you know but uh, uh, once you have a permanent crop it's pretty hard to change and uh, so we stuck with it and and uh, it 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 um, it was kind of a hard hard on the family too you know that there was um, you know you'd go out and you worked and worked and the kids worked and yet there was nothing to show for, so that was not a good a good part of our our life. Um, one of the questions from the book that I forgot to ask yesterday was, "What do you remember about finding out that you were going to be a grandparent?" Oh, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> we uh, Fran and I. We're only married 13 months, and we had the first child. But but our our children, uh, Darren was 26 when he got married, and they never had their first child till he was 31. Well, your uh, Denise got married when she was 30, and she didn't have you until till she was 30. So I thought we were never going to have grandkids, and boy, oh boy, when when we found out Denise was pregnant we were we were so happy that we'd have that we knew we we're going to have one grandchild you know and uh, and then uh, you know they had we never thought we were going to end up with 14 you know we thought maybe we'd have five or six but but uh, then when <clears throat> Darren started having children Deanna started having children and and then eventually Steve and Deneen uh, boy, it, it started mounting up, and and uh, and, and uh, you know it, it's hard to it's hard to put into words that your feeling of you, you know you've had 
children, and that was a, that was a great part of your life. But to have grandchildren, we heard other other families talk about grandchildren. I thought, oh, you know, big deal, you know. And, but but when we had them, we we found out it was a big deal. <laughs> and I I always regret that that your your birth is the only grandchild I missed, and. Uh, I always, I always think, but, but, uh, you, even though I missed your your birth, you, you made up for it <laughs> as a person. <clears throat> what um, do you remember? Um, what, what the circumstances were? Surrounding why you decided to get a cabin in Shaver Lake. You know, <clears throat> you know that was a <clears throat> Darren was in charge of the youth group, and they were renting a cabin in the area where this this cabin was, and and um, we had seen it advertised, and and it said. Um, eight bedrooms and you know we had rented cabins up there before and the bedrooms were you you know you could almost have to turn sideways to get by your bed and I thought eight bedrooms boy they're going to be like postage stamps you know so I, I wasn't in Fran Fran was interested she was always after me to get a we rented up there eight years and every year we'd rent she said we gotta buy something I said no I'm not buying anything I said I can't. I can't. Uh, I don't want to put money into something I can't uh, take off the income tax. And I said the only way you can is by renting it. And I don't. I'll never rent. So anyway, Darren was in this subdivision, and he and he and the uh, his his assistant were walking with the kids, and they came upon his house, and he looked at it, and he calls right away. And he said, Oh, you got to have this place. It is something else, you know. And so, um, and we got a hold of the realtor, and and she took us for a, a tour of it. And oh wow, you know we couldn't believe it. You know this this three story home, and and as many bedrooms, and 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 it had thirty eight hundred square feet. And I thought, wow, you know I I finally I finally gave in and and told Fran. I said, yeah, I think this this would be a family cabin. So. That, that prompted us to do it because of the size, you know. <clears throat> it would have been a smaller cabin. I might not have been interested in it, you know. But this one, uh, the whole family, the grandkids and everything could could have a bed. They didn't have to sleep on the floor, you know. It was it was uh, fantastic. So I just thought it was, it was friends pushing me that we got it. And uh, boy, it wasn't two or three years, and the, the thing, the value of it had already doubled, you know. And I said, "Wow, that wasn't only a, a good family purchase; it was a pretty good investment." And so it kept getting up in value, and and uh, and so uh, I, I always praised her for for pushing me enough to do it. I finally. I finally, I, I think I, I got weak, I caved in. I said, oh, let's, you know, let's do it. So we were able to do it, and, and uh, uh, I didn't, we never bought anything before <clears throat> except this ranch, and I, I didn't know who to go to. So I told the, the realtor, I said, I don't, 
she says, I, I have a, I know a gentleman that's up here and he works for Norwest Mortgage and, and she says he owns property up here and he, he can help you. And she calls him and he called us and he said, uh, ask me questions, you know, financially. And, and I gave him the answer and he said, let me, let me put this in the computer and I'll call you back in five minutes. And sure enough, he calls back in five minutes and he says, uh, when do you want to close escrow? And I said, what? I said, I, I co-signed for two of my children in the homes they got. It took us six months to close escrow, and you want to do it? He says, well, at Norwest, he says, we, don't, we do the right thing the first time, and we get all the information. And, I, and it was just like that. He says, this was on a Saturday, and he says, you come in Monday, and we'll sign everything. Well, I, we were going someplace, so I said we can't come in Monday, but we, we come in Wednesday, and sure enough, closed escrow in, you know, in five days, four days, and I, I couldn't believe it, you know, after we had, we had co-signed with Dar Don's house and with Denise's house, and both of them took so long. I just thought that was normal procedure, you know, for mortgage companies that drag everything out, and it was a it was a night. Was was he was a, a real fine man. He went to the church up there. We'd see him every once in a while, and uh, Larry Han, and he he'd always. And so then it, it we I think it was two or three years. He said, Don, I think it's time to refinance, and the 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 um, interest rate is a little lower. And sure enough, he he worked it out for us, and we got it down to a, re, a reasonable interest rate. So that was. Um, not only good for the family, but it was a good investment, and uh, it gave me a, a little, <clears throat> a little more net worth, you know. And and I thought I thought we could buy anything with, with all that we had. Uh, Were there any other situations where Grandma was pushing you to do something that? Uh, so she pushed you to do the farmers markets. She pushed you to do the cabin. Were there any other ones that you remember that uh, ended up panning out? Well, <clears throat> when we bought <clears throat> when we bought the LTD, you know, I I uh, I, I thought it was going to be a pretty expensive car, and, and she kept pushing, pushing, and the kids, boy, they they were pushing for this car, and, and then when I found out the price of the car, and it was something we could afford, so then, but it was always. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to buy that. I want to buy something that's a, a little more in our style, and uh, <clears throat> it was the nice. <clears throat> by looks, it was the nicest car we we had. We had better cars, but this was absolutely a beautiful car. So, Grandma had a lot to do with that. She she really she loved that car, and and uh, uh, she went and the kids the kids did too. They thought, you know, and then, then after they could see I was going to drive it till it died, they said, boy, it's about time to get rid of that old, they called it a hearse because it was so big. And, and I, I said, no, I says it's paid for. I'm not. <clears throat> so I didn't buy a car, but <clears throat> the, the five of them <clears throat> pooled their resources and decided to get us a car. And, uh, I guess maybe I wouldn't have bought a car yet until the, till the OLTD stopped, 
So they bought us a 1986 um, a Mercury Sable, which was a, 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 a car that it, we, we should, should be in. You know, it wasn't fancy. It, it had enough things in it that, that was easy to drive and comfortable, but it was our car. They had, they had ideas, you know, they, they surprised us with it, of course, and they had uh, things written out leading up to this car, and we didn't know what they were doing, but, but we had come home from church one Sunday, and they had these instructions that we had to do, you know, we, we drove, you drive to a certain place, and and then it ended up they had the car park some place uh, uh, close to town, but out of it a little bit. And we kept, and they had us blindfolded. Uh, no, we weren't driving. They were driving us. They had us blindfolded. And uh, we couldn't see where we were going. We just, you know, we drove around. And I started getting car sick a little bit. And I, boy, I thought, one day, man, I was sweating and, and I didn't want to tell them I was getting sick, but I, I thought, boy, are they ever going to stop? And then all of a sudden they stopped, and and uh, <clears throat> there the car was. And so they said, here's the keys. And I said, what? And they said, that's your car. <laughs> Those kids that... had pooled their money and, and bought us a car. That was the second new car that you had? Because you got one when you graduated high school. Oh, yeah. Well, and and, and the, the one I got from graduating in, in uh, <clears throat> from college, it actually wasn't brand new. It had been... Um, used at a, as a lease or something for a few months and so it wasn't that car wasn't brand new yeah the the chevrolet was was really the only brand new car I ever had so i never thought i was ever going to buy a new car and here here they present us with a brand new car and uh, it, it was it was we put a lot of miles on that car and of course a, fr a friend being from Southern California. We took a lot of trips down there, and, and boy, it was it was a wonderful. It was it was a step down, of course, from the LTD, but boy, it was it was just perfect for us. It was a four door sedan, and and could six people, and and uh, we just uh, we never got over. I don't think we ever got over, you know, thinking that. What is the, what's the story behind the, the truck in the shed, the old, I don't remember what that one is, the old, um, almost like gold metallic one. Oh, the old one that sits out here? Well, it was in the shed for a while, it was parked next to the Comet. Oh... <clears throat> Okay, 
That one, how did that come about? I, you know, I... Was that one yours? No. Okay. No. That one... Well, maybe maybe we can talk about the comet then, because that, that was your guys's, right? The comet? Well, that was Grandpa Smith's, and uh, when he couldn't drive anymore, so then we, he gave it to us, and it gave us an extra car, and so... Uh, and the kids drove it, and, and uh, we drove it for quite a bit. But but we had bought this, this. Um, it, it was more than a. It was in between a pickup and a and a like a ton. It was like a one ton uh, pickup. And we we eventually the boys, Don and Darren, eventually put a flatbed on it, and we made it a truck on it. We used to drive right out in the field with it. We'd go pick up the grapes and. <clears throat> and with the thing, and since it didn't have a pickup bed in it, it was easy to to maneuver. The old, old Ford. I remember that one. Yeah. That was the one that got in the accident. Um, you know, actually, that, <clears throat> that one was, uh, we loaded that up and actually took it. We, when we went to Coachella Valley, we uh, rented a truck and I I towed this thing behind the truck and grandma drove the car down and so we had it down in Coachella all the time and then when we came back I actually drove it back loaded as much as I could you know and then we had uh, we went back with the car and and Uncle Kenny had a had a truck I don't remember why he had a truck yeah I think he had a ton hat and we used it to haul all of our, our stuff back to Madeira, to here, to this place. Yeah, and um, uh, that old truck, uh, whatever happened to it? Oh, I, I let my, my first foreman, I let him use it, and I think they ruined it or wrecked it or something. I don't know. Uh, that's not the truck that was out there. No. That truck that's out there was actually the one that my dad bought to uh, do his, uh, to do custom work for other farmers. That was the yellow. Was it yellow? Yeah, it was. It was yellow. It was an old uh, uh, county truck, and they, it was painted yellow, and uh, and actually was fine for my dad because he he drove caterpillars when he was young, and they were yellow, you know. So he liked that that yellow and then he was <laughs> he he put these planks on there they were they were like uh, four or five inches thick and about uh, 14 inches wide and he put two of them and he drove his tractor up there it scared me to death he'd drive that up there and, and oh my gosh it was it was like at, a, at a, about almost 45 degree angle anyway uh, he learned that that wasn't too good. It, it, they were like, his truck bed was 12 feet, and I think these were 16 feet long, so they stuck way out. In those days, you know, you could drive around with illegal things like that, and he had his tractor on the truck, and the disc was on, on those things. So, And then he finally realized that when the uh, Japanese were interned in World War II, they they had to leave their stuff behind, and he bought this trailer that was underslung. You know, you know what uh, the axle was about dropped about 
about six inches, and boy, it it barely sloped, you know, to get in. And then, then he really did. So that truck was uh, where he start got started in that type of business, and and uh, I I used to use it. And of course, when I wanted to use it, I painted it red, fire engine red, with a paintbrush, <laughs> and I painted the the wheels uh, aluminum paint, and and boy, it was flashy, and that. That paint was so cheap that it didn't it didn't last long. But that was my my mode of transportation for a year. So that that old old truck had a lot of memories. He bought it in 1941. It was a 1937, and so actually, you know, that wasn't too old. And he he got it for a real real good price. But uh, my dad was you know uh, he. He was. He knew he had to do something besides just, re, you know, rely on the on the farm. So he was always looking for something to make, you know, make something to help help the family out. <clears throat> Is there something besides uh, the land or any something like that that your that your dad gave you in his will or that your mom gave you in? In her will that um, you'll always cherish or remember. Well, uh, you know, <clears throat> when it came to this <clears throat> this ranch, <clears throat> when they uh, told me that you know if I could come back because my dad was so sick, and they said this is your ranch, you know. Well, uh, when I came back, it wasn't my ranch; it was their ranch, you know. And uh, I guess the old German customers, when when we go, it, it's yours, you know. But I, I I didn't think that was fair to wait that long. And I I brought my family back. We're, we were having a good time in in the desert, and uh, uh, I was very upset with that. But it, it, we we didn't break off completely. And then, of course, when my dad passed away, then then I, I was you know I felt obligated to keep keep it going so so uh, this ranch uh, after my dad passed away and she went to uh, her favorite realtor and, and wanted to make arrangements for me to buy this you know and so uh, I did and and she offered it to me for the price that they paid for it but I paid I paid uh, 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 half again as much as as they bought it for and so I I I made I made monthly payments uh, up until she passed away, and she was making a good good income off of my payments and interest. You know, I think she was making ten thousand dollars a month. You know, and so so uh, I I I had to work. When she passed away, I had quite a bit of it paid for already, and then the the uh, the will. Uh, exonerated the the debt, you know, on the ranch. So it, when she passed away, then it automatically canceled what I owed. But I always felt good about that. I had paid quite a bit on it, and it wasn't just given to me, you know. And uh, so, and, and you know, it was such that I couldn't have uh, uh, to have a young family. I couldn't have uh, couldn't have been in a nicer place. You know, like I said, it had a, a swimming pool, uh, which <laughs> I bet 
5% of the people didn't have swimming pools in those days back in 1966. And um, it, was, it, it was always a, a, a real blessing to us because every, everything was here. All the, the kids, they never, they never went other places for parties or anything. Everything was here, and that, that was and 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 Fran was such a, a wonderful host for for the kids that it, it really turned turned to be a, a blessing to have, a place like this. And and we never dreamt we'd have something, a house this big. You know, we, our, uh, the two homes we lived in were one of them was 800 square feet and the other was a thousand and we jumped from that to 3500 3, feet square feet and, and boy we couldn't imagine you know but it was wonderful because the kids uh, you know had room and they had their own bedrooms and and bathroom and and were separated from us um, so whoever built this house and before the turn of the century must have had children and and realized they wanted to be separated from the the children's wing to the to their wing and uh, it was uh, 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 being that old was very well planned you know and then uh, the house have no any idea because there was never any pictures of what the house looked like but a previous owner in 1950 remodeled it so it actually uh, looked like a 1950s house not a not a old, real old house and whoever built it built it so sturdy it had these huge six inch uh cement blocks and uh you know, it it was you know earthquakes or anything never phased it. You know, it was, and the foundation was so thick and so deep, and and uh, so someone who built it really knew something about um, preserving a house that could pres be preserved. You know, and we're thankful for that. And and of course we have made additions. You know, we moved in and there was no yard. Just a little circle lawn in the front, and and Fran wanted. We planted uh, next to the garage was a, a pasture, all fenced in where they had animals in, and we uh, we used that for a while like that, and then we started planting this lawn that one, and so there was nothing in the yard at all as far as. Um, uh, plants or or bushes or anything so everything was kind of like Fran's ideas you know about she wanted lots of lawn and and of course uh, the big lawn made was an excellent thing for for uh, when all the kids came around they <clears throat> they would play any anything on that lawn you know volleyball um, basketball and and softball, everything you know went on that <clears throat> that that big lawn, and uh, of course the big lawn extended the yards extended so they, yeah it was uh, it was a blessing that that um, uh, this came about uh, I, I and it was unfortunate that the the gentleman that sold it he was trying to get it back and. Um, uh, we understood through the realtor that he had 
four or five lawyers that were working on it, you know, and he'd, he'd, uh, he was very, and he was a good neighbor, but boy, when we came to, to move in, I don't know why he sold, because he, he had six children, so he really needed the house, but, but um, why he sold, I don't know, and then shortly after that, they, they became divorced, and, and it was like, uh, our blessing was his curse, you know. He, he, his family fell apart. He passed away at sixty-two years old, and and. Uh, you remember his name? George Kovakovich. Yeah, George Kovakovich was well known. He drank a lot, and he was, he was, uh, you know, in those days he drove around drunk a lot, and he told me. <clears throat> We became pretty good friends when we lived across the street, and he told me, he says, you know, I do most of my business deals when I'm drunk because, he says, if it turns out sour, I can say it. I didn't know what I was doing because I was too drunk. <laughs> what a crooked guy he was. Anyway, uh, everybody everybody had, um, uh, he, he wasn't like with any. So anyway, he came in one day, and we had a confrontation, and, and I, the realtor I, I had told me, he says, whatever you do, Don, don't, don't ever get in a fight with him, you know. And I always remember that night I, I didn't want to, and, and he antagonized me so much that uh, I, I did. And so I called the sheriff department and said, you know, what I did. And, and they said, oh, we have a a farmer out in your area that is a representative of the sheriff's department, so call him. And I called him, and he said, oh, good, maybe you didn't hit him hard enough. You know, he said, we're, we're so glad to get rid of that guy. He was nothing but a pain to the county. So everybody was, what I thought was going to turn out disastrous, turned out okay, and I did something dumb, but... but uh, so you, you punched him in the face? Oh, I knocked him down. I t and the guy was 6'2 and weighed about 225, and I was 6 foot and weighed 155. And he he got me so mad, Josh. Uh, he came in, and, and prior to this, he had been arrested for, for running a car off the road on 99 and raping the girl and beating up the guy. And so he had, he had to, and he only served six months. In county jail, he could get out of dumb things. He had lawyers everywhere. Anyway, um, he came in and he said, "I want to inspect the house." And I said, "Because he, he had to, you know, he had the deed on it." And he, I said, "You can do, you can look at any one thing you want in the ranch, but you're not going to come in that house. I don't. Your, your, how did I put it? Your character is is so bad I don't want you near my family you know and of course he goes on he was drunk he goes on and on and you know I'm gonna and I'm gonna and and I lost my head you know and I I just and uh, <laughs> okay the kids were in the house and Fran was crying and and I at one point I I had him by the throat and I, I think I would have choked him that Fran she, I, I, I was, I was not in my right mind. I didn't even know what was going on, and she finally got me, and I realized, boy, this is dumb. What if I kill this guy, you know? And so, uh, anyway, he's, he's mumbling around. So I try to, I open the door and 
was going to shove him in the car, and he put his hands up, and, his, and I had my foot up against his back, and I'm trying to shove him in, and I couldn't. So finally, he's over there, and his hands and knees in front of the car. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm looking for my glasses. I didn't even want glasses. I, when I popped him in his glasses, I guess. So he, it was so... It, it it was so cantankerous, so disgusting, and I knew the character he was, and I didn't want him. I, I just wanted to get him away from my family. I didn't know what he would do, you know. Um, so anyway, I said stupid things. I said, like, I got so mad, I said, you know, I don't want to have this in front of my family. Let's go out in the field, you know, way out in the field where nobody is, and... <laughs> I said, we'll go, you and I will go out there and only one of us is coming back. <laughs> I said, dumb thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought, oh boy, am I going to, he'll really, you know, sue me for everything. And uh, it came out, boy, I, I, was, I was scared for a while for my family and and how what that guy could have done, but nothing came about it, Josh. And then uh, that was the last last incident we had. And uh, after that, we we talked. We you know, uh, I I never trusted about mailing payments. In I'd always go in and deliver them personally, you know. And he'd he'd come to the door, and boy, he was you know grand, talking and you know like nothing ever happened. And and uh, uh, I remember during the altercation one time he said, man, you're a wild man. I said, well, not really, but I says, uh, I don't like people to mess with my family. And he says, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but you kept the house. Pardon me? You kept the house. Yes. Yeah, we, we didn't get kicked off the property. I thought that's, you know, somehow he would have, he would have gotten us off of this. And, and, uh, uh, you know, Josh, things like happened. So I, I was so, I was so mad that you know, I. I was so mad, Josh, that everything around me was black except his head. That's all I saw. And, you know, I, I, I don't ever, and I, I said to myself, well, I don't ever want to get that mad again because you don't know what you do out of control. So anyway. Uh, I never, ever, never, ever got close to having having a confrontation with anybody because I was scared. What I, I, you know, what I could do. I uh, so anyway. Um, I shouldn't even have brought that up, Josh. That was kind of dumb. That's right. But the kids, the kids knew it. You know, they were the four kids were in the house looking out the window, and they thought I was going to be annihilated that night see this big old guy you know with this you know well and uh they probably had a new respect for you when you were saying something pardon me they probably had a new respect for you oh boy you know they, they you know like darren said boy my dad's a tough guy well i wasn't a tough guy i was just out of control and uh yeah he did he did uh uh, and you know it was funny, Josh. But the word got around, evidently, and and uh, neighbors would have problems, you know, with people 
and nobody ever came in here. Now, I don't know whether that, you know, or whether it's just because we have a long driveway, but uh, I never had a, and, and I was always worried about the kids going to school, but they, they handled everything well, and, and uh, they were, evidently we, we did, we did uh, we didn't know at the time, but we evidently did a, a fairly job, good job of raising them, and, and they in turn have done a, a, a wonderful job with their children, and, and you know, Graham and I are, are really proud. So, uh, you know, everything, everything that looked bad at one time turned out, turned out very good.